0: Chiefs finished the preseason 3-0 with the starters on both sides of the ball looking good on Friday against the Minnesota Vikings, and now they have to get the roster down to 53. We cover both topics and more on today's Beat KC with beat writers Herbie Teopi and Sam McDowell. It's Monday, August 30th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Sam took a shot at predicting the final 53, and his story is posted here in the show notes. The list does not include a draft pick. They'll tell you which one and how he got to his
1: 53.
0: It's not as easy as you think. Sometimes decisions come down to keeping a running back or a cornerback, a tight end, or a safety. We go over it all on today's show, so let's get started. Arrowhead Stadium had fans, or no limit on fans, for the first time since the AFC title game of 2019. And um, it was good to see, well, look, the... not a full house. My guess is there were about 50,000, 60,000 people there, not 75, not a full house. But it was uh, the parking lot was full ish and the press box was full ish. Um, it seemed like regular, like real football, except we were all wearing masks, of course. But um, before we uh, talk about the atmosphere, there was a special moment in the pregame that we really do need to acknowledge that. Uh, Chiefs did a wonderful job paying tribute to our friend, former colleague, Therese Paylor. You know, his parents were there, his, uh, his fiance Ebony Reed was there and the Chiefs did a fantastic job of putting together a, a video tribute to Therese, which included comments from Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes and Brett Veach among others. Alex Smith was part of that as well. And um, I was sitting right behind uh, Ebony and, and Therese's parents, and they were, they were really moved and um, very appreciative of it. And Sam, I think we need to acknowledge the, the job of our colleague, Herbie Teope, who uh, did a fantastic job of um, when, when it was her, when his time to speak.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought Herbie did a great job. I I thought the whole Chiefs PR staff did a great job putting that together, too. I mean, it was so cool to hear from such prominent people. Um, And I've said this multiple times, but, um, you know, the the best part of the past few months has been learning the impact that Therese had on other people, not just those of us who, who knew him and our own relationships with him. Um, And Herbie brought a lot of that to light in in his speech as well. I I thought that it was just really encapsulated Therese's personality from, from multiple avenues, his his work ethic, um, but also just who we knew him as outside of work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Kudos to the Chiefs, what what Sam said. They they did a really, really good job. You know, they, they retired his press box seat. Clark Hunt gave comments. Um, it, It was just a really Good experience, but at the same time, it was sad. You know, just looking over there and seeing his his picture up uh, where we know he used to always sit at that corner there. It was, it was it was sad. It was good to see his parents. It was good to see Ebony, uh, but you know, Therese was the man. That's, that's that's all we can really say. He was the man.
0: He was the man who left us much much too early at age thirty seven. The day after the the Super Bowl loss. Um, Yeah. One thing I should, let me, let me just add this um, and let it be known. There was a, you know, he, he gets all the credit in the world for for his rise through the ranks of, of journalism. And, you know, it was a tribute by the chiefs and it was about Therese as an NFL writer. He started, you know, as a high school writer at the star and worked his way up and you know, covered Mizzou for one year. So it wasn't just NFL and Chiefs that he covered. He, you know, he worked hard on all the beats that he had at, um, you know, at at the star. So, you know, great job by the Chiefs. They deserve our thanks for doing that. And, uh, and Herbie, again, I thought you did a wonderful job. So let's, um, uh, so the game starts and going into the final preseason game against the Vikings, You know, the defense had played fantastic, first-team defense, fantastic for for two games. Offense, starting offense, had not put the ball in the end zone. Uh, I think total of four possessions without a touchdown. And right off the bat, uh, the the Vikings win the toss. They defer. Chiefs get the ball and just motor down. 28-yard strike, sidearm pass from Mahomes to Travis Kelsey, 35-yard touchdown pass to – Tyreek Hill, uh, where he sprints by Bashard Breeland. And uh, and it's just it's like,
1: you know, it's just like offense in full throttle, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think like Andy Reid probably said, you know what, we can't end preseason without, <laughs> without looking good going into the end zone. You got to remember, most preseason games are going to have 10 to 15 scripted plays. You know, Last week against the Cardinals, they executed – plays well they just didn't get into the end zone this time they punched it in an emphatic fashion uh you know two scores two possessions for the first team offense and then that was all we saw but I thought you know I saw enough they they looked like they were in mid-season form even gave us a couple of wrinkles that you know you guys know that I was giddy about in the press box you know 14 personnel four tight ends on the field uh and they scored a touchdown off out of that formation which I thought was phenomenal
0: yeah, that was the second uh, possession that ended in a, a Mahomes second touchdown pass. This one went to Blake Bell, and you're right, four tight ends, a formation heretofore not seen uh, by Chiefs fans. So, how interesting was that, Sam? To see to see the four tight ends. And doesn't that give us a little hint on? Um, on maybe the roster composition, at least at that position? Yeah, I mean,
2: we've seen Jody Fortson roll with the ones uh, quite a bit in practice over the past couple of weeks, uh, including the last week of training camp. So, um, you know, I, I, my roster projection, I think Jody Fortson's going to be part of the team. I think Noah Gray's still going to be part of the team. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they roll that out, especially with the, with the quarterback they rolled it out with, um, if they're not planning on keeping all four of those guys.
1: Yeah, we're gonna, here's the other thing, too. You remember Patrick Mahomes' grin at the, <laughs> after the after the game when I asked him about how much flexibility do you have during the regular season if you go with a 14 personnel package? And he just smiled, you know, shaking his head, nodding his head. Yes, yeah, you're right, that is a hint. And, and I don't think, like Sam says, you roll out that formation unless fortune is going to be on this roster. Yeah, I want to talk about the
0: roster uh, after a break, but let's before we finish up with this segment this defense just game after game ha- has been fantastic. It just has. And I- I'll, I'll go back to a, a-, a subject that we've just dis- discussed that when the chiefs um, had their, you know, had their defensive problems, the year of Patrick Mahomes uh, first year as a starter and cost them in the AFC title game, they revamped the defense. Um, you know, got rid of, Justin Houston, Eric Berry, et cetera, brought in Tyron Matthew and, uh, and others, Frank Clark. And it took all, more than half of the season for the defense to, uh, to get comfortable. And, and really, I thought it was the, the, the game, I think it was a week 10 or week 11 game down in Mexico where the chiefs beat the chargers that, you know, defense won the game and that sort of just set the table for the, the rest of the way that ended up with the Super Bowl victory. Here, um, you know, the, the, the defense has been terrific. And I guess this is what I'm doing is, is it's a segue into the offensive line a little bit. Um, you know, the offensive line is the thing that got overhauled this time. And uh, um, it, I don't know if we have to wait a half a season to see this offensive line come into, you know, uh, some sort of, uh, you know, chemistry. I, I think they seem to gel right away. And uh, and, and I I think big things are going to be expected. What did what did Mahomes say after the game? He had he wasn't touched during the preseason. I know he wasn't sacked. So, um, what, what do we think, Kirby? Is this offensive line running ahead of schedule?
1: I think they are, and I'm, we're going to go back to the offensive efficiency. You know, yes, they didn't get the touchdown against the Cardinals, but that offensive was that offense was moving, and, and you know, you're not moving unless the front five is doing their job. That the two. Scores the two drives against the Vikings is not happening unless you've got the front five doing their job. You know, Mahomes had time to find Travis Kelsey for that 28 yard gain. He had time back there to throw the pass up there for Tyreek Hill. I, I, I just think they are gelling and. They are ahead of schedule. Yeah, I think
2: the, you know, the offensive lines looked really good. Um, they're obviously not going with the group that I think we anticipated maybe when they made all these offseason moves. I mean, we're seeing three rookies that are going to be starting probably on opening day. Um, but I would just I would just caution that we haven't seen the stuff we need to see yet, I think, to make the final determination. you know, Teams aren't running exotic blitzes in preseason. Um, they're not bringing extra guys that often. Uh, the Cardinals didn't play J.J. Watt. Um, so the, the 49ers didn't play Bosa and a couple of their other defensive linemen. So um, they've, they've looked as good as I think we could possibly expect. But I, I just think that it, what we've seen yet doesn't necessarily translate to exactly how you know, Orlando Brown's going to block against Miles Garrett on, on September 12th. All
1: right. Here's a counterpoint to that. Um, I remember Andy Heck saying the last week of training camp, one of the benefits against practicing against their defense is because they know Spagnolo is going to toss them a lot of looks. So it gives them an opportunity to adapt. And I think like when you're practicing against guys like Jaron Reed and Chris Jones, and you've got Tyron Matthew back there, you know, it, it at least gives them an opportunity to, to go against pro bowl and all pro caliber type players. So I think, you know, going against this defense, their teammates certainly helped them a lot. And I think it's going to carry over. Absolutely. I
2: mean, this is is definitely a defense that – I mean, Herbie, you and I were out there every day. They brought exotic stuff in training camp. Um, Now, I think the defensive line won quite a bit in training camp with that exotic stuff. I mean, Chris Jones had a hell of a training camp no matter which offensive lineman he was going up against. I thought Turk Ward and Colin Saunders – um also were, we're very consistent in training camp so we saw the offensive line lose some in training camp more than we've seen in these three preseason games um but I think you know you could take that two ways you could say hey the Chiefs were what was it 19th in sacks last year that was a spot they needed to get better maybe they are better at, at defensive line um or or you could you could worry about the offensive line I guess it uh, I guess we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> I counted
0: seven possessions for, this, for the starters uh, on defense during the preseason, two against the 49ers, three against the Cardinals, and two against the Vikings, uh, five punts, and uh, and two field not goals. Bad. Not, not too bad at all. Uh, that that's, that's really encouraging. So, all right, we've got a lot of uh, personnel decisions to make here, and we're going to get into that after we take a break. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We are back with Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell talking Chiefs on SportsBeatKC the 53-man roster. We're recording this on Sunday, so I think we'll probably start to get some news of cuts on Monday, maybe as this is being put together, edited and produced. Um, so forgive us for not being uh, totally up to date on the news, but we're recording it Sunday afternoon, and there's no news yet, right, on on uh, on cuts. But um, there are some interesting decisions to make, but not Terribly important or vital to the success of the team decisions. Am I characterizing that right, Sam? Well, um, we're not looking at a starter here. Yeah, we're not looking I mean, at-
2: but uh, I do think that. Yeah, I mean, you just—it's so, so hard to say. You never know. I, I do think one of these guys could potentially factor into a win at one point this season. I, I think there's a couple of positions where they are deep enough um, to where they're gonna, there's going to be some talented guys that you know that they might end up cutting, might end up making all their NFL rosters.
0: All right, let's let's start on offense. And you have uh, we will post in the show notes, and it's already on KansasCity.com. Your projected fifty-three, Sam, and um, and and you made some the interesting point to me was, you know, you, you have to maybe sometimes look at a couple of position groups to find uh, a, a player to cut, and not necessarily just that single position group. Give us an example of what you. Yeah, mean I by think that.
2: they're hard. That those are their hardest decisions this year. You know, I think. Um, Herbie and I, for example, probably have this, the wide receiver depth chart ranked the exact same for the top six, um, which you know would be would be Tyree Kill, McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, Marcus Kemp, and then Derice Fountain. So the Chiefs' question isn't whether or not uh, you know who beat out whom at that position; it's how many do they keep at each position. Are they going to keep five wide receivers? Are they going to keep six? And, you know, a lot of people think Fountain makes the team, they keep six. I think they make, I think they keep five because there's other positions where I think that they're more needy. You know, cornerback, safety, offense and defensive line, wide receiver and running back. Those are all position groups where I think they could keep um, one more or, or one fewer. Okay, well, you you had forty eight
0: locks, I think you and Herbie probably agreed on the, the forty eight players, uh, which leaves you know five to uh, to to determine, and I think on your list, I don't have it in front of me, but you have them keeping five wide receivers. I do.
2: Um,
0: so, so it, it's because you've got them keeping nine offensive linemen and and and, and a fullback along with. Was it three running backs? Yeah, three three running remember.
2: backs plus the fullback. Um, I actually have him keeping ten offensive linemen, um, but that's you know that's definitely one of the, one of the questions. I, I think um, yeah, I've got him keeping Austin Blythe uh, because I think offensive line is a tough spot because Austin Blythe and uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif are both injured. Um, so if if you keep you know if you keep both of those guys, you have to keep ten. I think. And so the only question is, did Austin Blythe's late training camp injury cost him a roster spot? And that, that's the only way I can foresee them only mm-hmm. taking nine guys there. So that, I did sacrifice a receiver for that. The other, the other spot is what we've already mentioned. You know, I have not keeping four tight ends. You know, they usually only keep three, even though they kept four last year. And I've talked about this kind of throughout training camp. But I think if you keep four tight ends and only five wide receivers, well, Jody Forson played wide receiver just last year. So if you get in a pinch where you have to have a six wide receiver in a game, he pr- he's proven he can do it. And that for me takes away the insurance of needing a six wide receiver.
0: And the team's leading receiver over the last several years has been a tight end in, in yeah, Travis yeah. Kelsey. Um, and I, I, I don't know where the, the number five and number six receivers have you know, how many catches they've or targets they've had in each of the last few years. It's, it's not a, it's, it's not a great amount. I and mean, that's right? the other it's reason
2: not- uh, Blair that I I don't have fountain making the team is because those fifth and six wide receivers, those are Dave Tobe guys, right? I mean, those, those are guys, he's going to see more snaps uh, on specials than, than the offense and Tobe. We all know what Marcus Kemp can do on special teams. I mean, he's as good as anybody they have along with Watson, Dorian O'Daniel. Um, fountain isn't playing much special teams and so i can't see them keeping a six wide receiver for the purpose of he might help their offense because those guys just aren't going to get snaps on on the field for the offense so um, i think and i think fountain is a great player like i think if if he gets cut on tuesday if i'm right about this um i think another nfl team picks him up i don't think he clears waivers and the chiefs are able to bring him back on the practice squad
0: Ruby, do you see that coming down to like Fortson or Fountain?
1: I do and I don't. I I tend to agree with Sam here. Uh, You know, when you think about special teams, Dave Tobe, unprompted, will always mention Marcus Kent. Uh, You know, Tobe, Tobe kind of the way he talks about the roster, he kind of gives you hints on which way the Chiefs are leaning or which way his voice or his opinion on when it comes to setting the roster, who his guys are. Uh, I remember in training camp when he was asked specifically, who are your starting gunners? He specifically said Byron Pringle and Marcus Kemp. So we know those two spots are, are there. Um, I think the 14 personnel package looked at, we saw which in the third preseason game, which is traditionally known throughout the league as the dress rehearsal. Uh, you're not rolling out that play unless fortune is part of your group. And I, you know, I, Really agree with Sam. I'm glad Sam came, finally came around on Fortson. You're not there the last two years, but yeah, I think Fortson is the guy. Here's something, you know, to what you said to our listeners. We're doing this on a Sunday. Typically in years past, we're already done with preseason games. We've had three straight days with preseason games now, and there's usually a gentleman's agreement around the league. You don't make cuts until all the preseason games are done. And all that, teams don't want to tip their hand on who they're cutting um, for the teams that have yet to play, So, which is the, a reason why we haven't seen any movement uh, probably after the Cleveland Browns game tonight. Are they, are they playing tonight? Well, I know there were
0: four games today. I, can't, I, I don't remember how, who was playing yeah. and where they were spread out on the but schedule. Yeah, the last
1: game is, you know, So we're probably like you said earlier, by the time listeners get this is when we'll probably start seeing moves on a Monday.
0: Okay. And the other thing about Kemp is there's a reason they brought him back, right? He was, he finished the season with Miami last year and the chiefs decided to bring him back. They, they bring him back because they, they just like him and, and he's a Dave Tobe favorite. Um, and we got to talk to him after the, after the game on Friday, I think uh, one of us will end up writing about him this week. He is a, um, you know, he, he's a valuable member of that special teams. So absolutely. Marcus Kemp is, is part of this team. And, I'm afraid i have to agree with you on fountain too i as much as i like him as much as he's proved himself i, I just um you know here I am trying to make a case for six wide receivers and four running backs you, you might not have either right yeah. um, with you know if assuming Clyde Edwards Alaire Daryl Williams and uh, McKinnon all start the season you know nobody's you know nobody's hurt um uh, I, I just don't know if there's a place for Darwin Thompson or Derek Moore.
2: How do you see yeah, it? I've got them cutting uh, both those guys and, but the health is, is a major question and we don't have necessarily all the information on that. I, I think that both Daryl Williams and Clyde Edwards, Hilaire's injuries are minor, that they're going to be good for opening day. Um, but are the chiefs worried that there might be something lingering there and therefore they have to keep an extra guy. I, you know, that that's possible. Um, I think that's probably the only way that a guy like Darwin Thompson or, or Derek Gore get on the roster. And I'll point this out. Derek Gore's game um, on Friday against the Vikings I think also illustrates that if you get in a pinch at running back, there are guys available. Um, that, that, that's a deep position of, of free agents. Um, you know, you, I, I, don't, I don't see both of those guys getting claimed on waivers, so I think one of them ends up on your practice squad. Um, so I, I don't see the need to keep a fourth running back when we're talking about all these other positions where we're cutting talented players.
0: Okay. And then you, you said uh, 10 offensive linemen, um, or I'm sorry, you had nine Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith. I've got, um, for the, uh, right. I, I'm sorry. Let me just to clarify nine, nine locks. Yes. Uh, yes. I'll go over again. Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Lucas Niang. Those are your starters. And then Mike Remmers, Andrew Wiley, Nick Allegretti and LDT. i I will point out again, I think I mentioned this to you the other night that so the Chiefs in 2021 have their starting offensive line and then they have their Super Bowl (laughs) offensive line. next, (laughs) Because the four that you have listed behind who are running second team all started in a Super Bowl in each of the last two years. Uh, um, Hey, so that brings us to an interesting question Um, when you when teams are making up their roster. Irby, you, you can speak to this. Is it is it typically 25, 25, and three, 25 offensive players, 25 defensive players, and three special teamers?
1: Or, or something close to it. It could be 26 on defense, 24 on offense. It's really going to depend on the makeup of the team. You got a veteran team, you know what you have, then you know you can probably go half and half, or you know, you can go 26, 24. So it's really going to depend on the makeup of the team, the coaching staff's comfort in those players. And if it's the same foundation, it's probably what you're going to have, the same split.
0: And the three special teamers, of course, are kicker, punter, and the long snapper. They're they're uh, people too now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, they are. They are people too. All right, let's switch it over. Let's switch it over to defense. Um, You've got – Sam, you've got nine listed uh, as the locks. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Jaron Reed, Derek Nottie, Mike Dana, Turk Wharton, Colin Saunders, Alex Okafor, and Josh Kando. Um, Is there a a 10th defensive? Uh, I don't think so, Um,
2: but you tell me. Yeah, I've got them keeping Tim Ward. Um, And now when I said to to, to lead this off that their toughest decisions are how many – the the depth chart is you know that's the toughest if they're if they they go in saying hey we're keeping 10 defensive linemen that's their toughest decision on the depth chart is damon harris or tim ward and ward had has three sacks in the preseason um he's had pretty consistent pressure so i've got him keeping tim ward now 10 is a lot of defensive linemen it's also what they kept last year though um so the you know nfl teams have trended more towards defensive linemen and fewer linebackers, you know, they, they like to rotate the defensive linemen because safeties are playing more often than linebackers are these days. So I've got them keeping an extra there, but you know, that, that is a scenario that could go many ways. It could be Damone Harris, it could be Tim Warder, or it could be neither.
0: Okay. Um, and, and, and then at linebacker, um, We are looking at – I had it called up just a second ago. Um, Hitchens, Neiman, Gay, Bolton, Dorian O'Daniel. Of course, Dorian O'Daniel, special teams stand out. That's why he makes the team. And I I don't see another linebacker making the team, do you?
2: I mean, that when I'm filling this out, that was the the one I skated through. That was the easiest position group by far, I thought, (laughs) Um, other than quarterback, I guess. But those five, I I think, are just – it's going to be exactly those five i would be shocked if it's not just exactly those five
0: yeah um but then as you mentioned cornerback is interesting right um do they do they they're going to keep five with four safeties or how do you think it shakes out and and uh you know, there's interesting, interesting competition here between DeAndre Baker and Bo P. Keys.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the safety thing is, I think, forcing their hand on cornerback. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of looking at it as defensive backs, even though these guys play specific positions. I think you've got four pretty much locks at cornerback with Snead, Ward, Hughes, and Fenton. And then there's a, been a battle between Baker and Bo P. Keys that we've all been talking about in training camp. But um I've actually on my final 53 have it to where it's not a battle I think they keep them both and it's because I think early on in camp Herbie, we all had him keeping five safeties and it's because Devin Key yeah. was was rolling with the ones and twos and based on what we've seen lately I don't think Devin Key makes this roster and I can't find a fifth safety on on the roster so I, I think they get an extra cornerback instead
1: I, I emphatically agree with that and I think um, the other thing that You know, you've got another cornerback there in uh, Legere Need, who was a safety in college. So if you need him back there to play safety, then, you know, you've got so many moving pieces back there. And Steve Spagnuolo loves those interchangeable defensive backs, and he has that. And Spagnuolo, uh, when he talked to us last week before the preseason game, also mentioned – DeAndre Baker and Bo Peake keys by name. And, you know, when, when it's unprompted, you know, your ears kind of go up. And so,
2: you know, I think Sam made the right call
1: here with Baker and
2: then keys. The only tough part about only keeping four safeties is there's, there's plays where they have three safeties on the field. Um, I mean, a lot of them, you know, we, we've seen Thornhill, uh, uh, Sorensen and Matthew all on the same play a lot. And so it is a small number for a position that you have three guys on the field, at one time. But, um, you know, I, I think they could get Devin Key back on the practice squad if they wanted him there. I think they could get Zane Anderson back on the practice squad if they want him there. Um, so it, it seems thin because of the initial 53, but they'll have options on the practice squad for depth.
0: And Herbie, doesn't the practice squad increase?
1: Yep, uh, same COVID rules as last year. So you're talking about 16 players. Yeah, so you know, you, a lot of these guys who do not make the fifty-three, and it's, it's usually the mo around the NFL. It's the majority of people who spent training camp with a team. If they're not making on the fifty-three, they initially, you know, they eventually resign to the practice squad. So a lot of these guys who don't make the fifty-three will be back.
0: Okay, except for the the ones that really flashed during the games, like like Derice Fountain, yeah, um, and. Uh, you know there're a couple others Omari Cobb had a you know had a nice game in the opener the linebacker I, I agree I don't see him I certainly sort of don't see him making the team Chris Lammons was was mentioned by Dave Tobe oh, earlier this week he's a good so player. you know the, he is a good player um but I think the bigger and then, and then the running backs uh, Darwin Thompson Derek Bohr certainly had their moments but maybe the one uh, the most interesting player who didn't make your fifty-three, Sam, who I, I agree sh- shouldn't make the fifty-three, is a draft pick, Cornell yeah. Powell. He just he just didn't show enough. No, and, and
2: didn't show any improvement, at least in our eyes. You know, I mean, he he never moved even up with the twos. I mean, he was just consistently rotating with the threes. Um, we didn't see him even hardly play at all in in the last preseason game, and I think he just had four catches in three games. Um, you know, I I. I I think that there's probably – that guy has to go into their calculus as far as what you just – what Herbie just mentioned with the practice squad. I mean, do you think if you release a guy like that, you'll get him back? Um, I don't think there's enough tape out there on Cornell Powell to, to, for some other – one of the other 31 teams to be impressed. But maybe somebody else liked him in the draft, and the Chiefs stepped in front of him and took him, and they're, therefore they are willing to take a risk. Now, if that team takes a risk, they got to put him on the 53. Um, so I, I just don't really see enough there for a team to do that, but, but maybe some team will surprise us. So, um, uh, you know, barring that, I think he's back on the practice squad, but we, we didn't see anything from him in training camp. I mean, there was not a day in the entire training camp that Herbie and I are looking at each other saying, Hey, Cornell Powell had a great day out here today.
1: Agreed. And, and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the coaching staff. You know, we, we asked, uh. Eric, the enemy about uh, Cornell Powell and his response, you know, start, he start he prefaced it. Well, he's a rookie. <laughs> That's not a really strong endorsement. And then after Friday night's game, Andy Reed was asked about Cornell Powell and he didn't really give a, a ringing endorsement outside of, yeah, he, he's been doing a good job. You know, it's, it's not one of those, we like him. He's, he's coming, you know, he's, he's going to have a role here, but if you keep Powell, it's at the expense of another player. And then when you look at the top five, I, I just don't see how he fits there. How
0: about the Chiefs? Are they going to be, uh, you know, w- when we look at their 53, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at players that we think are going to land elsewhere. Uh, do we think players from the other 31 have a chance to land on this Chiefs roster? What do you think, Herb?
1: There, there's a reason why we don't see any moves right now because I guarantee you Brett Veach and all his personnel staff are going through all the preseason games tape from uh, all around the league and they're probably sitting in their office right now watching these games you know those kinds of moves that you mentioned happen all the time and you know even in Chiefs history uh, under this this regime well before Uh, Brett Veach took over you remember what was famously called the Chiefs second draft where they made sweeping changes after they established the 53 you'll see trades happen Uh, so not going to put that beyond um, the realm of possibility when it comes to the Wheeler and dealer and Brett Veach because you know he might surprise us but yeah they're certainly doing their due diligence right now
2: keeping track what's happening around the league. We, we talked about safety. I think they're thin at safety beyond beyond their, their front three. And then Armani Watts is the fourth because he's a really good special teams guy. He hasn't really developed into a consistent defensive role. But if there's a prominent safety out there who's cut, you know, that decision where I kept Bo Peak keys and DeAndre Baker, maybe it's either or. And then you pick up one of these safeties who's, who's cut instead. Makes sense. All right. All of
0: this uh, will unfold uh, over the next few days, and you can keep up with it on the Kansas City Stars draft tracker—not draft, but uh, yeah. draft. We do trackers for everything, but uh, not draft tracker, but uh, the the roster shaping tracker is what uh, I guess we can call it, and that's that'll go up, I guess, sometime on Monday. Who knows? Um, but look for it um, in on on KansasCity.com. Okay. Herbie Sam McDowell, thanks a lot, you guys, and we will talk again later this week. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Lonnie Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Herbie T.O.P. and Sam McDowell for talking Chiefs in the NFL. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And, of course, they post first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And it's a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs, the Royals, the colleges, our soccer teams, and more. You go to KansasCity.com sportspass 2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. So whether it's a sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.